guys, Shannon Conklin back for another deep, deeper dive into the Enneagram and what it means for you, what can it mean, what it could mean for you. Um, if you haven't had a chance to take the test, I will link that below again. And before I jump into the nine, or the first, we're going to focus this week on the um, gut triad. That's the eights, nines, and ones. And so, but before I jump into deep, uh, too deep, I want to, I love this quote from David Benner. It says, no one should work with the Enneagram if what they seek is flattery, but no one should fail to do so if what they seek is deep knowing of self. That's, that's truly what this is about. It's, it's a real deep knowing of yourself. And there is, there are so many layers to it, you guys. I mean, I could probably do a different video series ever, or a different video every week for an entire year and not even scratch this the um the surface of it but let's jump right in and we're going to talk about the gut triad that's the eights nines and ones so i'm married to an eight you probably will hear this and be like well no kidding um so type eight challenger they're also called the challenger commanding intense confrontational they're motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable um eights are people it's really hard to be married to these people because you have to be vulnerable in your deep relationships. You have to be vulnerable. And it's really scary for them to do that. And so it's up to the other person to create that safe environment. Um, and that can be tricky. Uh, so eights are people that fear being weak, vulnerable, and harmed. So they create an image that they're strong, able to prevail, determined, and committed to those who are innocent. They're real. Um, they're really, they fight for the underdog. You know, they really believe passionately in, in seeking fairness and justice for those that um, can't maybe seek that for themselves. Um, if they're not doing well, they can be vengeful, excessive, and destructive. And the core message they long to hear. So on the core message, um, all of us take on these personality traits because we have this core longing, this core need that we need to, um, to be filled, to be met. And, and so we we take on these traits, they're, they're more kind of an, a protection, kind of like an armor. And the core message that eights need to hear is you will not be betrayed. Betrayal is a big, is a big um, trigger for, for them. They really respond. They, they need loyalty. They crave loyalty because they are loyal um, until someone's not loyal. <laughs> uh, so what's it like to be an eight? So I'm just going to read some of these bullet points. And if this sounds like you, you might be an eight. I have been told that I'm too blunt and aggressive. Doing things halfway is not my spiritual gift. I enjoy a good verbal skirmish just to see what others are made of. In relationships that matter to me, I insist on being honest about conflicts and staying in the fight till things work, are worked out. No kidding. Uh, it's hard for me to trust people. Justice is worth fighting for. I can sniff out other people's weaknesses the first time I meet them. Saying no is not a problem for me. I welcome opposition. Bring it on. <laughs> I make decisions fast and from the gut. I don't like it when people beat around the bush. I'm wary of people who are super nice. <laughs> no truer words. Oh, that's funny. When I walk into a room, I know immediately who has the most power, and it's generally them. By the way, um, I don't have much respect for people who don't stand up for themselves. One of my mottos is a good offense is better than a good defense. Uh, don't mess with the people I love. I know I'm respected, but sometimes I just want to be loved. That one makes me almost tear up a bit. Um, 
honestly, like it means so much. Like I think about, you know, just the eights in my life that I'm close to, obviously the one I'm closest to is, is Todd, but, um, you know, they want respect, but sometimes, I mean, the, like when he, when he had his surgery on his bicep recently and I was like waiting on him hand and foot and it was so like humbling for me almost, but probably a little bit for him, but to see how he just, like he, He's used to being strong and being able to do all these things. And he's literally laid up. He couldn't, he can't, he can't pick up anything more than a pen. But the first two days after his surgery were really gnarly and didn't really leave much, leave the couch much. And, um, just how, how much it filled him to be cared for. I was pretty, um, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, I have no problem confronting a bully. If God wanted people to wear their hearts on their sleeve, he would have put it there. <laughs> and I wear my heart on my sleeve, so sometimes that's hard. <laughs> um, under my tough exterior, though, is a tender, loving heart. So that's what it's like to be an eight, or an eight, if that, if that sounds like you. Uh, so type nine, this is the peacemaker. Um, we also have one of those in our leadership team. I wonder if you can guess who that is. Pleasant, laid back, and accommodating. They are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict, right? You're totally thinking it's me, obviously. It's not. a kidding. Anyways, type nines are people who are very receptive to their environment and downplay their own presence. They can be loving, down-to-earth, modest, and trusting, or stubborn, lazy, and asleep to themselves. So the core message, though, that they long to hear is your presence matters. So when I think about a nine, I think about that little girl or little boy that is told, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. And so they just try to not disrupt the the flow of, of anything. And yet they're still craving to be seen and to be into matter. So your presence matters. And so what is it like to be a nine? I'll do almost anything to avoid conflict. Um, I am not a self-starter. Sometimes I get lost in doing trivial tasks while things that really need to get done get put off. Um, I'm happy to go along with what others want to do. I tend to procrastinate. People seem to want me to be more decisive. <laughs> that is, it is, and it is frustrating. It's like when you ask somebody, where do you want to go to dinner? And they say, I don't care. You, you pick. Where do you, what movie do you want to see? I don't care. You, you pick. It's like, just pick a freaking thing already. But it's truly, they, like, if you say, where do you want to go to dinner? And they say, let's do Chinese. They, f they fear that you would, you like hate, hate Chinese, but so they don't want to say anything because they don't want to upset the apple cart with you. And so it's really them just keeping the peace. Like they really will go on with, go through with anything. And if they hate Chinese and you want it, they'll go Chinese and you'll not hear a word about it. Um, so let's see, I often find the path of least resistance. When I get distracted and go off task, I give my attention to whatever's happening right in front of me. It can be a little ADD. <laughs> I find routines at work and home comforting and I feel unsettled when something throws them off. Others see me as more peaceful than I really am. Because remember, they're in the gut triad, which is anger. That's their underlying um, emotion. And so they might seem like happy-go-lucky, um, you know, laid back, whatnot on the outside, they still have that anger underneath. Um, I have a hard time getting started, but once I do, I really get things done. I'm a what you see is what you get person. I don't think of myself as very important. That one makes me really sad. People think I'm a good listener, even though I find it hard to pay attention in a long conversation. I don't like to take work home with me. 
Um, sometimes I tune out and think about the past. I don't enjoy big social gatherings as much as a quiet evening at home with the ones I love. Being up to COVID, the quarantine was probably really good for a lot of those nights. Um, being outdoors is very soothing for me. And I'm often quietly stubborn when people put demands on me. So they're kind of passive aggressive. That's what that quietly stubborn means. And so you'll ask them to do something or, and they either just won't respond to an email or they'll just find a way to, to, to let you know that they don't agree but they won't tell you they don't agree. <laughs> um, it would feel selfish to spend a whole day doing whatever I want to do. Honestly, these, so they don't like to take work home with them, but then yet they, they are constantly trying, you know, uh, doing things for others. And so that's the nine. So type ones, the last number in the gut triad is the perfectionist or the reformer. Um, these people are ethical, dedicated, and reliable. They are motivated by a desire to live the right way, improve the world, and avoid fault and blame at all costs. At all costs. At all costs. Uh, type ones are people who are conscientious, sensible, ethical, responsible, idealistic, serious, self-disciplined, orderly, and feel personally obligated to improve themselves and their world. They sound exhausting to be a one, right? Um, the core message they long to hear is you don't have to be perfect to be good. You're imperfect, you're wired for struggle, struggle, and you're worthy of love and belonging. And so what is it like to be one? So if, this, if these ring true to you, let me know. Uh, people have told me I can be overly critical and judgmental. I beat myself up when I make mistakes. I don't feel comfortable when I try to relax. There's too much to be done. I don't like it when people ignore or break the rules. Like when the person in the fast lane at the grocery store has more items than allowed. That's funny. Um, details are very important to them. I often find that I'm comparing myself to others. If I say I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. They're very um, reliable. You can count on them. And they don't like people that are not reliable. Um, it's very frustrating. It's hard for me to let go of resentment. They definitely do hold on to some grudges. Um, I think it's my responsibility to be, to lead the world better than I found it. I have a lot of self-discipline. I try to be careful and thoughtful about how I spend money. It seems to me that things are either right or wrong. They're black and white thinkers, uh, much like the eight, um, as well. I spend a lot of time thinking about how I could be a better person. Forgiveness is hard for me. It's that grudge holding again. I notice immediately when things are wrong or out of place. So if this was like this. So like any ones out here going crazy right now, it's driving you nuts. I'm just going to leave it there for you ones. Um, I worry a lot. I'm really disappointed when other people don't do their part. I like routine and I don't readily embrace change. I do my best when working on a project and I wish others would do the same so I wouldn't have to redo their work. Um, they really love spreadsheets too. That's not on here, but ones love a good spreadsheet. Uh, and I often feel like I try harder than others to do things correctly. So I'm going to put that back so I'm not stressing new ones out anymore. Uh, next week, we're going to come back. I'm going to talk to you about twos, threes, and fours that are in the heart triad. And if you guys have any questions on the Enneagram or resources, um, shoot me an email. A lot, a lot of what I'm going through, I got from the book called A Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron. He also has an amazing podcast. It's called The Typology Podcast. So I encourage you to listen to that. I kind of just went through 
and you can and it tells you up front at first which are um, what numbers are on that podcast, what number he's discussing with the guests. And so it's pretty fascinating. But until then, have an awesome weekend. Be disciplined. Mm-hmm.